You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how the Green Bay Packers hold off a furious rally from the Chicago Bears to win, to get into the playoffs, to eliminate the Bears from the playoffs in a 21-13 game that Green Bay was in control of really from the very beginning. And the first play of the game, they had a 70-yard touchdown to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He dropped. This was, unfortunately, a harbinger of things to come because the offense, once again, fell into lulls and then at times looked completely unstoppable. This is who this team is. We have to stop expecting them to be anything else. They are an inconsistent, high-variance team, almost by design. Matt LaFleur talked about it in his post-game press conference. What they want to be is a team that creates big plays. And just naturally, that means that there's going to be some fits and starts. It's like three-point shooting in the NBA. You're going to miss. You're going to go through a drought where you miss a bunch of them. But then you're going to hit. And so for two possessions in the third quarter, Green Bay absolutely dominated Chicago's defense. Uh, it was two two five-play drives. Nine of those ten plays involved Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, or Aaron Rodgers doing something. And the tenth was the big play to Kumara. When this team relies on its stud players and hits on some of those plays, they're really, really good. And what we're finding out, and this game showed it, their defense can be relied upon in big spots. They play great situational defense. Chicago, one of three in the red zone, scoring touchdowns, and they, they're creating turnovers. I know that the, the Jair Alexander interception at the end of the first half doesn't really count, but the, the, the Dean Lowry one certainly does. And that's just a great play by your defense, and Green Bay was not able to pay it off. If they had been, you know, we're not worrying about which backup tight end for the Bears is or isn't lateraling to Allen Robinson at the end of the game for what would have been the game-tying touchdown pending a two-point conversion. Because it was that close. The Packers really did almost get that close to having that game be tied. And there is plenty to say about the inconsistencies of this team, offensively and defensively. But what I want to go back to, this team is 11-3. and And their pathway to a number two seed is clear, win the next two games. We know they're in the playoffs, doesn't matter. The Bears are out of the playoffs. Green Bay had their season ended in week 15 last year by the Chicago Bears. Green Bay was able to do it to their division rival. 
this year in week 15. The symmetry of that is beautiful. And in the 200th meeting, for it to come down to two Hail Marys, to two last-second drives, is appropriate for this rivalry. Though it's not really a rivalry. Aaron Rodgers now 19-5 and five in his career. Or the, let me let me rephrase that. The Packers are 19-5 and five because wins are not a quarterback stat. But this has been really for, for the, like the lives of most of you. For most of my life, since 1992, the Packers are 42 and 15 against the Bears. 42 and 15 against the Bears. Basically, in the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers era, the Packers have owned Chicago. This is this game is not about that. This was not about a rivalry. This was about a team erasing what happened to it last year. A team that could not win close games is winning close games. A team that could not win on the road is winning on the road. A team that could not take care of division rivals last year is undefeated in the division this year. And if they go undefeated for the season, will be the number two seed in the NFC. So whatever questions you want to have, that's fine. This team knows that it is not there yet that they have not reached their potential. They have not maxed out what they're capable of being. And what is so frustrating, and I understand it, we see it in fits and starts. You look at those two drives or the touchdown drive in the first half, and you just say, it looks so easy when they play that way. Why can't they sustain it? And there were drops, obviously. You know, you have the, the big play drop. Devontae Adams dropped a couple that would have been meaningful in this game. Geronimo Allison dropped a third down. I still don't know why he is even getting snaps out there at this point. It is so clear that guys like Jake Kumaro and Alan Lazard are more useful and more reliable players. So, you know, that's certainly if we're going to pick nits, that's, that's one worth picking. For the Packers, though, It's an eight-point game. Okay, that's fine. That's true. Except Green Bay dominated the first quarter. 14 yards for the Bears in the first quarter. Green Bay really should have scored probably multiple times in that quarter. It's 7-3 to at halftime. You know, they can't take advantage of the great kick return. Some weird stuff happened with play calling and and the, the intentional grounding is kind of just an unlucky thing. Rodgers needs to get the ball out. He said he knew where Floyd was, but thought he could get the ball out in time. He couldn't. Rodgers, he played better than the final line, 16 of 33 for 203 and a touchdown. His receivers certainly didn't help him out any. He also had some brain farts in this game. I mean, the head first slide when they didn't need it, uh, and, he, and he almost fumbles. The, the sack that you take there. Now, we got a little bit of clarity on that because apparently he expected Devontae Adams to break out. He broke in. And by the time Rodgers, you know, sees that, the linebacker is there. Maybe he can fit it in, but you got to process it. So you got to go, okay, well, the rhythm of this play is off now. And and if you're a quarterback like Rodgers, you're not going to throw late over the middle of the field. That is a cardinal sin of quarterbacks. You could say, oh, Geronimo Allison was open. Well, on a three-step drop, it's really hard the timing of those plays is fakakta if you don't hit it at the top. And then you have to go to second reaction, and you can't go to second second reaction when Nick Kwiatkowski is bowling over your running back. So there are, I mean, there's still there's still too many brain farts. There's still wonky stuff going on. But when everything clicks, when everything works, 
they look really good. And, and if they can just have a little bit more of that clicking, you know, we saw it against Oakland, what the offense is capable of. This defense, it, it's, it's hard to overstate how much more reliable they look when they get to play the way that they want to play. When they get to play with those multiple safeties and all three guys they trust to do the thing, I mean, you, you look at the box score and you say, oh, Mitch Trubisky, 334 yards, he played really well. No, no, he didn't. It took him 53 attempts to get those yards. A lot of them came in the second half when they're trying to catch up and all they all they could do was pass because the Packers shut down David Montgomery, 14 carries, 39 yards. The defense played well in this game. And even with the, the last second attempted heroics, they only allowed 13 points to a team that lit up the Cowboys on Thursday, had extra time to prepare for the Packers, and still couldn't manage to score more than one touchdown in a rivalry game. In a game last year, they scored 24 in, and the Packers lost that game. So you could tell after the game, you know, Matt LaFleur came out of the win against Washington and was, was frustrated, was dejected. He came out in the postgame press conference and, you know, Borderline had a smile on his face coming out of the locker room. Now, it's always fun to beat the Bears, no question. But they knew this was going to be a hard-fought football game. This is a Chicago team facing elimination that was heating up. Quarterback was playing with confidence, plenty of talent offensively and defensively. And they grabbed this game by the horns. In the middle of the game, they said, we're going to take this game. And the Bears have been the best third-quarter team in football this season. And Green Bay won the third quarter 14-0. And it could have been more. Probably should have been more. And Matt LaFleur said as much after the game. This is, the, this is what they're missing right now. They're just short of being able to have that killer instinct. I wrote about this in my recap for Agby Packing Company. They're a team that is mentally tough enough to make the plays that they have to make late in games. Zadarius Smith said it in the locker room, they still sort of let up at times when they're feeling good. They have to have that mentality of step on the throat. Just really step on the throat. But I think part of it is that they're really having fun playing with one another. There's a really positive energy about the team. And they just, they have to find a way to finish these games so that they're not stressing about every little thing at the end of a game. That they're not worried oh, this team is going to make some furious comeback. And it's not just the defense. It's not just, you know, allowing the 10 points in the fourth quarter. The offense, they have to do their part and keep things going. And when you're in a rhythm, you know, stay in it. Find a way to stay in it. Whatever whatever it takes from a play-calling standpoint, I mean, they, they need to find that comfort level of what they can go to when they need eight yards. You know, for for a long time, it was Rodgers to Jordy Nelson. And they would just run those little stop routes. And it was it was a gimme. It was money. And the Packers don't have that right now. In the middle of the season, it was, you know, go spread and throw the ball to the running back. Or it was get Devontae in the slot. Or it was Devontae on a slant. They've had stuff at various times. But nothing that they could consistently hang their hat on. At least not that they called a lot. And that's something that that they need to they need to get together and figure that out. I think it's something in the offseason. You know, there's going to be growth in this offense. But then defensively, you know, you play you play great for three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter, you let up a little bit. This team needs to learn to stiffen up. 
And if you're having issues stiffening up, BlueChew.com can help. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence you need in bed with BlueChew. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. BlueChew is prescribed online by licensed physicians. So you don't even have to go to a doctor's office. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Plus, best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, I've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code locked on. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Slowly but surely, we're seeing this defense take a step. And you look at their schedule now, and and yeah, they didn't play a lot of great teams. But going back to the 49ers game, and even before that, really, Carolina 16 points, New York 13 points, Washington 15 points, Chicago 13 points. In fact, if you go back even further than that, home against Minnesota, 16. Home against Denver, 16. You have the Eagles loss. Home against the Lions, 22. Home against the Raiders, 24. Home against the Panthers, 16. Home against Washington, 15. Home against Chicago, 13. In eight games, they've allowed more than 24 points one time. One time. And... Five of the eight, under 20 points. Yes, this defense has given up big plays, but situationally, they've been great keeping teams from scoring. It's not a bend, don't break. Not not really. I mean, I think that's an uncharitable way to look at it because you look at it yards per play. Chicago had a bunch of plays, but they're still only a five yard per play. That's not not a great day. Washington last week was like 4.4. I mean, this defense, with Kenny Clark playing the way that he's been playing, you get a boost from Rashawn Gary on Sunday. He comes through with a sack. I thought he had a nice day. Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith didn't consistently affect the game, but they pushed the pocket. They made Mitch Trubisky get off his spot, make plays with his legs to try and extend plays outside the pocket, and and he did. He made some nice plays. He made some nice throws. But then there were also times when Green Bay totally fooled him. And they only rushed three, and they dropped eight, and they had everyone covered. They took care of a running game that had really found its stride to a certain degree by playing that weird nickel and and even dime defense on a consistent basis. With one true linebacker, they shut down David Montgomery. This bodes well for a team that is going to be hosting, in all likelihood, at least one home playoff game. And if they beat Minnesota, maybe two. Now, I think it's going to be a tall task to go into Minnesota and beat a team that is is really good. They're really good. And they're playing well. And Green Bay right now, the line is is Green Bay plus four. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to four and a half or five by game time. I think that's probably where it should be, honestly. And that doesn't mean Green Bay can't win. They can, absolutely, of course. But they need their defense in these cold weather games. Aaron Rodgers said it. He thinks that... The pass rush in these cold weather games because of the footing 
there's a little bit of advantage to quarterbacks and the offenses in these cold weather games because the pass rush, they can't dig in. They can't change direction the same way. They can't fly up field the same way because if you fly up field, it's much harder to change direction and flatten to the quarterback. When you have a defense, yeah, that helps you win home games, but defense travels. And that's the difference. Because for Green Bay to get to where it wants to get to, it probably is going to have to play at least one game on the road in the playoffs. They're not going to be the number one overall seed. That would take some weird schedule machinations. It's possible. You know, whoever wins week 17 against Seattle and San Francisco needs to lose in week 16. That would be how you'd make it work. And that would mean the NFC West division winner is 12 and 4. They're both 12 and 4. One has to be the wild card. And Green Bay finishes 13 and 3. That that could propel Green Bay to the number one overall seed. It's possible. More likely would be the win-out situation. They're 13 and 3, and the winner of the NFC West is the number one seed, which means you need to go to either Seattle or San Francisco. In order to win a game in Seattle or San Francisco, your defense is going to have to play really well. And so not only did they force three turnovers in this game, and and the third one is not a real one because it was the last play of the game, but you, you get those, which certainly count, but you also force Chicago 0 for 3 on fourth down. I mentioned the red zone efficiency, one of three. Now, they didn't get off the field consistently on third down, allowing nine of 20, but when you get the three on fourth down, it's the same or even better because you're getting the ball right there. So situationally, this team is playing good defense. They didn't give up a 40-plus yard play in this game. They didn't really give up the big play in this game. You had the the deep shot to Allen Robinson, and Kevin King fell. He's in great position and just loses his balance and falls. Okay, you know, that's not going to hurt anyone. That's a 34-yarder. Anthony Miller had a 33-yarder. But they mostly made Chicago play underneath. If you're going to pick up yards 8, 10, 12, and then you stiffen in the red zone. When you, when you make teams play this way, they're, they're likely going to be ineffective consistently over the course of a game scoring. It's why, going back to our first point, it's why Green Bay wanting to be a high-variance offense is not necessarily a bad thing. Because for you to expect to go 12 plays, 80 yards every drive is just not realistic. Not against anyone, and certainly not against a team like Chicago that has a very good defense. And so if you're if you're the Packers, you want to generate some big plays. If you're a defense, you need to focus on not giving up big plays. And if you are, you know, maybe one and and have it be not a touchdown. And you can live. You can live that way. And Green Bay has been living that way. They found a combination that worked. And that was they lost Tremont Williams in the middle of this game. He had to return a punt. You know, they they've found success with this four-man pressure look. And they can get four-man pressure with basically any combination of four that they throw out there. That's what's so amazing. You put you put Preston Smith out there with Sidarius Smith, Kenny Clark, and, and either Kyler Fackrell or Rashawn Gary. You could get home. And they haven't had a rush like this really since the days of, of you know, healthy Julius Peppers, Dayton Jones in the rotation with, you know, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Mike Neal. 
I mean, that is the last time that this team had a rotation like this where they could get pressure with four no matter who was on the field. That is such an advantage. And it helps when you have someone like Jair Alexander, who was also excellent in this game, broke up two passes, was all over the field as a tackler, as a roaming defender. Darnell Savage was also great in this game, probably should have had a third interception from Mitch Trubisky, stepped in front of a pass to the tight end. And he's playing much better after a lull in the middle of the season. Getting Ibrahim Campbell, who they trust, and who, you know, he's not a big time impact player, but they trust him to be in the right position. It seems like he is, and and they've played so much stouter up front. Tyler Lancaster was good again. Kenny Clark is back to eating people, and Dean Lowry is just a solid dude, and that frees up Blake Martinez to go make plays. The cornerbacks, that was something that, that I noticed in this game that jumped out. Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Tremont Williams, the defensive backs tackled their asses off. You need that. You need that. Because those missed tackles, you know, not playing hard on the edge. You have Jair Alexander blows up receiver screens twice just by just by want to, just by being a dog, just by having that mentality of I own this side of the field and you're not going to do anything over here. And he was he was great. He was all over the field. They have these players who can who can tilt the field, and it doesn't have to just be the pass rush that does it. They, they can do it with four. They don't need to pressure. And then you've got playmakers in the back end. This defense has not been getting the credit lately for playing as well as they have been. And part of it is because they played some bad opponents. But that's how you should treat those opponents. So, you know, I, I, wanted, I wanted to make that shout out because this defense is quietly playing well. And if they go into Minnesota and they bring that pass rush and they bring that coverage ability... That's how you go into Minnesota and, and you spring an upset. Before we finish up, I want to talk to you about Casper Mattresses. The original Casper Mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amount of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL and using locked NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. And if you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. I want to finish up with special teams. And before you before you click off, because that is certainly going to be the instinct, <laughs> Tyler Irvin has come in and really affected this team in a, in a positive way. His absence almost turned into a fumble. By the way, let's just... Talk about that one for a second. Tremont Williams doesn't fair catch, should have fair caught it. Cordero Patterson gets there a split second after Tremont Williams catches the ball in real time. Not only did it look early, but it looked helmet to helmet. Now, it turned out in super slow-mo, it was a clean play. Officials do not official. Referees do not officiate in super slow-mo. So, I was really frustrated with the Fox replay booth because they kept showing the play in slow motion. And it's like the play didn't happen in slow motion. The referees have to make the call in real time, show it in real time because in real time, it looks really close. And the point of the rule is to allow the receiver, the punt returner 
to catch the ball. They have to be given the opportunity to make the catch. That's what the halo rule is. That's what kick-catch interference is. Live, it looked, not only did it look like it was kick-catch interference, it looked like an illegal hit. Neither of those things turned out to be true. But the only reason Tremont was back there is because Tyler Irvin was in the locker room. We didn't, I don't, still don't think we even know why. But he wasn't. But he wasn't out there. And that was a that was a big moment. He also had a big moment at the end of the first half. He rips off a 45-yard return, sets the Packers up in good field position. And frankly, that's an opportunity missed for Green Bay. You have to get points on the board there when, when you get set up in that kind of field position. And, and Chicago had just scored. You want to get at least a field goal there to extend the lead back to seven. They were not able to do it. But the presence of Irvin, just having him there, someone who is going to do more than just catch the ball. He also had a 12-yard punt return. He can make some plays. He's not the second coming of Desmond Howard. But to just have reasonable effort there from your returner is such a change for this team and it's not a it's not a tiny thing it's not an insignificant thing it it matters and it could it could have mattered on Sunday not having him out there could have been disastrous for Green Bay so it's just something to keep an eye on I, I thought he has impacted the game since he has come to Green Bay and not just because he has actually turned their punt return yardage into positive after it was negative most of the year I made a joke to build a statue of him, but it really is a, a big difference that he's making here in terms of field position, in terms of setting Green, Bay's, Green Bay up with opportunities to score. And look, when your offense is inconsistent, it's nice to have those opportunities. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, Expert Tuesday, our opponent Wednesday with our crossover edition, and try and get another uh, Thursday interview so we don't have to go through the scouting report on Minnesota. We've done this before. And if this is feeling familiar, Chicago and then Minnesota, yes, uh, this has happened three times in the last two seasons. <laughs> week one, week two, each of the last two years, and then week 15, week 16. And this is a game for not all the marbles, but a heck of a lot of marbles. Green Bay wins, then they, they wrap up the NFC North. They cannot be any further than the three seed, and all they would have to do from there is beat Detroit in Detroit. We don't know if Matt Stafford is going to play in that game. They they probably would be stupid. I don't, we can we can exclude the caveat. They would be dumb. They would be unwise to play Stafford in a Week 17 game that doesn't mean anything. Coming off an injury, a, a not insignificant injury, by the way, in a game that they probably want to lose for for draft pick related reasons. I know that's not a Matt Patricia thing, but they should probably lose that game. So if Green Bay wins this game, they will they will have a home playoff game and the two seed. It's essentially a playoff win. This is a this is a playoff game in that way. If the Packers win, they can put themselves in a position to get a playoff win without actually playing a game. And then in in round two, you get to host a playoff game. You're one win from the NFC Championship game. And just think about that statement a year removed from where we were, where the Packers were, where you as a fan were a year ago at this time. Just think about that because it really is remarkable. It is really remarkable. The shift and the change in in so many things over the last year. All right, 
You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.